Now once more, we turn back to Proverbs 31. Today we're looking at verse 27. Let me read that verse for you. She looks well to the ways of her household and eats no bread of idleness. We have been studying this many-sided woman, as she's called in verse 10, a woman of many parts, the Hebrew says. We've been looking at the many sides of this woman. She's well-rounded, well-balanced. That's what God wants a Christian woman to be. Not a woman whose personality is squashed, whose gifts are never developed because she became a, a wife and didn't get to use those gifts outside someplace else. No! The very opposite is true. She ought to be developing her gifts within the framework of her status as a wife. That's what we see in this chapter. And we see this woman has all kinds of sides to her, all sorts of abilities that are being used fully for the Lord's work. And so we see a woman who, well, last week, last broadcast we're talking about, who, whose mind was green in the things of God and who, who with wisdom and gentleness taught others. We see a woman who works hard, who buys fields and plants vineyards on her own, who, who plans ahead for her household, who makes money at two or three different jobs. It's hard to tell how many jobs she had, but she had uh, two, at least two or three. And who, with the uh, fruit of her own money, not only uh, purchases a field and, and plants a vineyard, but uh, who's able to have money left over to give to, her, uh, to the poor and the needy around her. <clears throat> so she's not a narrow kind of person all all shriveled up into one location and one, one little uh, nut. Uh, she's the kind of woman who, uh, who uh, does things uh, on her own. She builds, uh, she, she uh, makes her own clothing. She is able to uh, uh, do all sorts of things. Well, this gal, you, you know what she's like. It's no sense us going back over it again. Let's look at today's. She looks well to the ways of her household and eats no bread of idleness. I think it's pretty clear here that uh, she eats no bread of idleness. I don't believe she would even know how to cook it, let alone eat it. She, uh, she's a busy woman, but there are an awful lot of idle women today. You might be an idle woman, a woman who uh, kind of just lounges around the house, uh, wondering what to do next, gets fatter every day because you're miserable, and the only thing that will give you any kind of pleasure is to eat something sweet that will make you feel good temporarily, but you know it doesn't make you feel good in the long run because it just increases your size and your weight, and that makes you feel awful, but then you eat more sweets because you feel awful, and that gives you a quick, uh, pleasant feeling, and that yet it makes you still larger, and you keep eating and eating and eating in between meals because you're feeling so miserable. Well, listen, my friend, that's no way to do it. You don't have any time for that kind of thing. If you're doing all the things that you ought to be doing, you won't be idle. As we said earlier, there's more than enough for a woman to do. Here's a woman who, who got up while it was dark and whose lamp didn't go out at night. She had plenty to do. She really wants to do it. Don't forget that, uh, that little garden you could get going if you wanted to or that uh, course in sewing that you might be able to get involved in or maybe that gourmet cooking course or uh, that decorating course or whatever else it may be. I don't know. It may even be learning some kind of work outside learning some nursing principles, going to school and becoming a nurse. Who knows what you might be able to do? There's no reason for idleness. That's the point. God doesn't want people to be idle. You remember those people in, in Thessalonica who were idle? And because they were idle, what happened? Well, they became busybodies, sticking their nose into other people's business. 
You know, the person who's kind of, uh, of idle begins to see everything uh, taking on much larger dimensions than it really has. It's kind of like the person who's in a hospital room and who can't help it. Well, you come in, and if there's a wrinkle in the bed, then that's a mountain rather than a wrinkle. You make mountains out of molehills when you're idle. You don't need to be idle. You ought to be using the gifts that God has given to you, developing them and using them for his honor and for the blessing and benefit of your family. Now, the other part of it is she looks well to the ways of her household. Now, there are plenty of things for you to do uh, among your children. There are lots of things going on in that house. What about those kids? Where are they at nights? Do you know where they are? Who are their friends? Do you take time to learn about those friends? Do you invite the friends over so you can get to know which ones are, are good friends and which ones you ought to discourage your, your children from playing with? Uh, it's very important for you to look well to the ways of your household. Uh, do you really know the likes and dislikes of your children? Uh, do you take time to really sit down and find out what's going on in their heads? Uh, do you sit down and take the time to, uh, to really get to know each child individually? You know, there's a, there's a problem that sometimes we have. Have you ever noticed that your children are best when you've got just one of them alone? Yeah, yeah you, you know what I mean. You, you're, you're out in a car with one of them, and that's the only child you have with you at that time. You never have any problems with them when they're alone. They're really good when they're all by themselves. It's when you get two or three of those kids together that you have problems. And yet, you know, there's some parents who have never caught on to the fact that uh, y your children are not a congregation that you're preaching at all the time, and yet they always deal with their children like a congregation. Well, your children need to have your ear individually, and you need to be able to get their ear individually. You need to be able to sit down with each child individually and deal with his problems or her problems and to get to know him and get to know her, even if it's just a few minutes each day, Take out that time for each one individually. For example, if you have to run down to the store to get something you forgot uh, or something you need for cooking, don't throw both kids in the car. Uh, just say, oh, come on, Joe, and take Joe along with you, just Joe. And uh, even if it's just for a little uh, 10, 15-minute trip, uh, Joe and you were together, just the two of you alone. And the next time you do something with Bill and uh, just you and Bill and so on, uh, it's very important that you look well to the ways of your household, get to know them all, get to know what's going on in their lives, be sure that you're on top of everything. Your husband will do what he can do probably, but you're the one who's with them most of the day. You're the one who ought to be signaling to your husband how the ways of your household are, are going, what's happening in that household. You ought to be the one who is, is monitoring so that you can give good feedback to your husband that he can't get from the little bit of time that he can spend when the kids, with the kids and when a lot of their time is spent up, uh, that he's with them is spent on homework and so on. And so uh, you're, you're to kind of be uh, overseeing those kids and uh, watching out for those kids and uh, looking at their concerns and affairs and looking at their associates, whether they're good associates or not. Don't forget that's a very important principle that's found in 1 Corinthians 15 that evil companions corrupt good morals. And it's very interesting the first part of that sentence says, do not be deceived, evil companions corrupt good morals. Your kids may tell you, oh no, Bill's, oh, I know he's got problems, but boy, I'm helping him. You better be sure that he's really helping Bill and that he's not being influenced for the wrong, uh, in the wrong way by Bill. Uh, it's easy for the kid to be deceived in thinking that he's helping, uh, it's very, very easy to be deceived. But don't be deceived. Evil companions corrupt good morals. 
And you've got to be careful about the, the friends and the associates that your young people, that your children are, are running around with. So it's important for you to look well, carefully, uh, uh, in depth to the ways of your household. Somebody's got a problem, you ought to know it and be on top of it before that problem goes too far. You ought not have to discover it six weeks later or even six days later when one of your kids is in trouble. You ought to be looking well enough to their ways and talking with them in such a level of communication that you know what's going on and you can put your finger on it and you can detect it quickly when it comes. Lord, we're thankful that there are wives like this. We pray that you'll bless the wives listening in today who know Christ as their Savior. They may be concerned about being active and rather than idle and active particularly in looking well to the ways of their family, their children, for Christ's sake. Amen.